shown here, we have Argelia Martinez. She is a craft cocktail enthusiast. Her brand, Vida Mia Cocktails, was created to deliver curated craft cocktail experiences via Mixology 101 classes. Her vision is to celebrate her Chicago and Mexican-American roots by being the Frida Kahlo of the craft cocktail world. She wants to transform how the world views Mexican culture by delivering enriching, fun, and memorable culinary experiences. She does this by sorting all fresh ingredients from local businesses, partners with female entrepreneurs and local chefs to design Mexican-inspired Mixology 101 classes with Mexican food paintings and curated pop-ups in Chicago. She's also a co-host of a podcast, Cocktails Home Comadres. This is a podcast hosted by three badass Chicago ladies. When life doesn't get in the way, they get together to drink, gossip, and discuss serious shit. They created this platform to elevate women's voices, share honest stories, and be unapologetically themselves. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with Argelia Martinez. So today we're sitting down with Argelia of Vida Mia Cocktails and Cocktails Con Camarades. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a beautiful summer day here in Chicago. How are you doing? Uh, it's fantastic. So you're at Bites, enjoying a few cocktails and let my hair down. So one of those weeks. <laughs> I know. It breaks off the week pretty nicely. So uh, tell us what you do in one to two sentences. So I'm a marketing strategist by day and I want to be the Frida Kahlo of cocktails by night. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> so basically I can hold down a day job, okay. full-time job, and what I do with Vida Mia is a creative outlet. Uh, it's also a way for me to be artistic with food and beverage. Awesome. So how did you get into that? I feel... I've uh, technically bartended, quote unquote, here at Bites, where I went behind the bar and appropriately made some drinks for my friends and walked behind it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> did that come with skills or did uh, it come it was, on, uh, on a whim? I've watched a lot of uh, Tom Cruise movies, like Cocktail, and okay. that's how you do it. <laughs> pour a little here, pour a little there, hope for the best. Yeah. What was kind of driving your passion and uh, became a cocktail connoisseur? Yeah, so I was the girl seven years ago that would order Midori Sours. It was okay. that bad. Like very sweet, sweet drinks, right? Yeah. Um, but then I took my first cocktail class with Reve Schneider, and she uh, started Femme de Coupe. Okay. And this was, like, I, in her apartment, basically. Fun. She hosted a cocktail class with my coworkers. Okay. I was very allured by the idea. It was like, and at that point, I learned how to drink gin. Fair. <laughs> but it was, like, premium, like, top-notch gin. What top-notch to me at that point was, like, like Sapphire, yeah. um, Gin, and Hendrix. So it opened my eyes because I literally thought that people that drink whiskey and gin are, like, old men with, like, gray chests. Yeah. Like, really, really, like, a man's man's drink. So that experience in 2013 really, like... My curiosity, like it drew my curiosity to like read different cocktail books. Okay, interesting. So I started reading um, like PDT is one book. Okay. Um, Death and Co is another book, and then I around Chicago and during trips started to like really get into like ordering fancy cocktails. Yeah. And I like fancy, like when I entertain, like I like to go all out with like my dishware and everything. So. 
feels to me is like a really great way to kind of accessorize yourself in a social setting. Agreed. So think of the glassware, the ice. I'm obsessed with ice right now. Garnishes, the aroma, the mixture, and the natural ingredients, the fresh ingredients. Like that was like the biggest draw. Cool. Is like fresh, 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 fresh. Um, so fast forward to 2015, I moved to Michigan, Kalamazoo, and there were a lot of farmers markets, okay. a lot of seasonal food, a lot of farm to table options. So I was living there by myself for a, a job, and I was just mixing at my place, like buying ingredients from the farmers market, opening the cook, like the the PDT, like cocktail books. And just making drinks for myself and I was like wow this is like my apartment bar like I'm bartending at my house yeah. <laughs> at my apartment sometimes for myself but then my, when my friends would come over and visit on the weekend I would go all out um, so that kind of is like the way it started and then 2017 it was at the end of the year I was really um, I was very worn out with work like extremely like I like something about it was just killing my soul sat down on New Year's Eve and basically told myself if I could imagine my job, what would it be? And it was literally the first, almost one of the first, like, New Year's Eve that I actually, like, sat at home and, like, was like, I need to change something for the following year. And I started to write a business plan. Like, I'm a marketer at heart, and I thought, like, I use all these tools, these frameworks to build plans for big brands. Why can't I do it for my own brand? So that was the inception of Viva Mia Cocktails with the thought that I would use and still do use beverages to talk about Mexican history, to talk about where the tequila comes from, the, like where the agave plant like grows, who are the art like the artists that go ahead and like make the tequila themselves. So it was really fascinating to take that like look and I did it part-time. Um, because I hated my job, as I said in 2017, I actually took my I took a sabbatical for six months and basically just went on and taught classes based on my skills that I taught reading books. Cool. And I was onto something because people were attending and they were paying for like the stories. And there really isn't anything I've seen in this at least market where it is focused on like Hispanic inspired drinks from like a Latina and I thought that was like a really great space for me to fill. It's, it's good to go after kind of like the niche space for sure. It's not just all my friends are doing this so I'm going to follow and hope for the best. Yeah, right? yeah. Or you're not the Uber of cocktails. <laughs> I'm not the Uber of cocktails. I, I can, I'll be honest though, like as I've been working more with the cocktail business, I've become very flexible with like if I'm needed at a bachelorette party or I'm needed at a birthday party, like I can I can go and make decent money yeah. and just call it what it is, which is basically like bartending, yeah. right? <laughs> but like making fancy drinks. But then I'll be called to do something like awesome, like a pop-up dinner or uh, work at a space that I've really wanted to tap into that I didn't really get a chance to break through, but because of the uniqueness of what I offer, I've been yeah. able to work with some really incredible women. 
I think it's a huge difference to have a good, engaging bartender when you go somewhere. I've heard that so much. Like, there's so much power in, excuse my language, but going in and not having, like, a bitch face. Yeah. Like, you're actually, like, <laughs> smiling, interacting with, like, the guests, and you actually become part of an extension of the hostess because you're, you're entertaining. Yeah. And they're hovering over you. Like, I've never been to a party where people aren't hovering over the bartender. <laughs> and then they see, like, if you're, especially if you're, like, I mean, decent looking. Yeah. You're, like, you know, talking your ear out. That's weird. The event I hosted a couple of days ago, everyone wanted a cocktail. Yeah. And it was just, uh, not going to mention liquor, you actually liquor. And, and, like, some juice we bought at the store. And everyone really loved the cocktails. Or was it the bartender? Right. It's a combination. It helps. Because you do gotta, you gotta look swanky when you go to these things, right? So. So when you're looking at a cocktail book, uh, at a restaurant or a bar or something, what kind of is your process going through it? Like we went to a place the other day. It was underground and a place in West Loop, uh, underground hotel West Loop, uh-huh. and it was an awesome huge book. They had like 50 cocktails in there. Yeah. I'm just like. What, what do I do here? What, yeah. what, what am I even thinking I think I want to get? And we even asked the waitress for a recommendation. And I thought, like, my friends asked, like, three good questions. They asked, like, it's like, how do you, whatever, whatever. And I feel like she still didn't know what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just like, I'm just going to get this one that looks cool. That's all the picture. Yeah. <laughs> I treat it like a food menu, right? Okay. Like, you have something that you typically gravitate towards. For me, it's gin. Okay. to narrow down a 50-page cocktail book, yeah. I would start in the gin section, okay. and I love, 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 like, bee's knees. So if there's that, a classic, or a variation yeah. of something cool that I haven't tried yet, then if I'm being, and if I'm feeling, like, experimental, like, I'll totally try something different, but it comes down to, like, the, the ingredients, like, what you know your palate really, like, like, loves, okay. or something new to try but I think it comes down to per- personal preference on what you're drawn to and how kind of like you built your palate um, to be able to taste certain things and okay. if you like more citrus or if you're going to stick more to like less citrus like a Negroni like it still has gin but it's like two different variations with it Right. so I think that's probably the way I, w- I would probably approach it like starting with the spirit do you have a go-to spirit? I don't I like been all like, I used to do promos for Captain Morgan. Uh-huh. So I used to love, like, Captain Morgan, and I got Kevin go old on me, right? And it's far from up there. And then I've done, you know, my fair share of, like, whiskey shots with, like, in Irish pubs or whatnot. It kind of wrecks me. Do you have a me. brand that, like, you gravitate towards? No, or it's a type like, of whiskey, whether it's, like, a, like, regional one? I don't, like, I'm a big beer guy, and I've started to get more into cocktails. It's more just like, this looks great to try it. Like, I actually have a list of all the cocktails here. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, go through them, and then, like, it's like I only want to, like, get, like, so drunk when I come here. I don't want to, like, pass out in the bar at, like, four cocktails, because I don't know what's going on. So I try this one, don't like it, want to finish it because I feel bad. I think another one, I'm like, okay, like, I need to, like, pace myself, but. 100%, <laughs> yeah. I mean... 
especially one that's overwhelming. If, let's say you're overseas or something, you yeah. see this like cocktail menu, you're at a place where you know they know their stuff. Yeah. I sometimes just ask, what's the most popular, what's your signature drink? Like, okay. what do people know you for? Nice, that's really good. And it usually doesn't, it doesn't like disappoint. Yeah. Yeah. Either they're making make it correctly. I actually remember when I was like 21, I forgot what cocktail it was. My friend like made me one like whatever, like, you know, in a college. That's what I was drunk, like in like college, right? And I wanted to order it at like dinner, and like it was like significantly different. Like the one that came out was like translucent, and like the one that we, I, like my friend, it was like opaque, right? It's just like this, like can't be the same cocktail at all. And, like, my family like made fun of me like for ordering like, a weird cocktail. Yeah. Like, I have to drink it. You know, I'm pretty sure like, I made it wrong. Well, you don't have to drink it, yeah. but yes, you don't want to <laughs> disappoint him. Yeah, the birds are like, why you order the end of a beer? I'm like, oh, God. One time I tried to be, like, outgoing, and I'm 21 years old, back from college, you know, yeah. cool guy. <laughs> so tell us more about your uh, podcast, Cocktails Con Comadres. Yeah, so the, co- the Cocktails Con Comadres podcast was formed last year between Denise Robledo, Melissa Perez. Melissa Perez is a executive producer for the uh, WCIU, The Jam Show on, I believe it's 26, the local channel. Okay. And Denise is a producer for um, Crate and Barrel. Awesome. So both very much from like creative outlets. And the idea was formed by Denise. especially in Chicago, to learn from those lived experiences as they're navigating their careers. Cool. So the intention was that. She basically met Melissa as an executive producer. She's like, will you join me? This is like a perfect marriage. Yeah. You're a producer. I can be the, like, at least I, like, create ideas for, like, topics. And then what draws people together is basically we're like, let's do this over wine do this over cocktail and at that point Denise and I actually go way back to college she found out about Vida Mia cocktails and she's like would you would you be interested in joining us on the podcast and I frankly like am not like I I'd rather be behind the scenes but be in in the room right I want to be in the room but behind the scenes basically so I was like well if I can just hide behind the bar and like make drinks then yes do that. I will feature it. She's like, that's a great opportunity for us to like promote you and for you to promote us. So it was a win-win. Right. Um, so that's where it started. We would hang out at a cafe mostly every Saturday to cool. build a brand. Yeah. So we went through the work that like we've done for clients and built a brand equity, built like a mission statement, a target audience. We went through all the emotions of right. basically building a brand. Yeah. And then it was now pen to paper we need to start recording that has been the most challenging aspect to be honest i would love to hear tips from you and i know like i know you gave me a little before this but it's been the hardest just trying to get us in like the same time frame and space their moms i mean i have a busy schedule even though i don't have kids so that's been the most challenging and then adding a guest to the mix like and syncing up schedules so that's something we're constantly challenged with. 
Well, if my recommendation is there's multiple people all three of you, just like have a shared calendar somehow, right? Yeah. And then put on different blocks of the week. That might be good. That's like, a good idea. Like Calendly or something like that. Uh, maybe like, it's about like, def- like different blocks. Like it could be Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I feel like in scheduling my life, the more things that are in flux, the more I don't prioritize them. Right? So if it's like, well, if I need to like, okay, let's say I edit this by like next week, right? Like tomorrow night, you're like, oh, well, we're going to go to Argyle Night Market. So I'm just going to maybe do it when I come home, right? And then it's 10 o'clock, and I'm like, I haven't seen the most recent episode of The Bachelor in Paradise. I need to watch that, right? <laughs> and then it's like midnight, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, okay, like I have an hour before I need to start work. I'm like, well, I'm going to work on this other thing. It's my email, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like just keeping the consistency. Like, uh, like not getting upset that things don't go well. Because, like, if you're getting schedules, like two schedules, three schedules, plus a guest. There's like, I, thought, like, I literally have had guests on my podcast that I've been trying to get on for, like, years. And, like, one of the guys I was trying to get on for over a year and a half called me from a commute while he was driving somewhere. It was a super cool conversation about how we started, like, Scotty Nation, which is, like, a like, Wisconsin Badger kind of branded apparel mm-hmm. up in Madison. Mm-hmm. And so I went to school. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, this is, like, super cool. Like, do I care that I can hear like, a car driving in the background? No. Right, but like hear that like, what he talked about and what we connected on and what people learned from it was important. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that because I think the two things that you said is just persistence to your point um, will pay off. Yeah. And commitment, committing to like a block of time and just staying consistent and just having fun, like not not um, getting mad or frustrated. Like move on and just try again. Yeah, and like and you always know, edit stuff out or or record or whatever. I actually like had an episode where I actually really enjoyed the conversation I had with someone, but I was messing around on Skype, and I only recorded what he said, not what I said. So I had to listen to the episode for like five hours, listen to what he said, and go, what do I think I might have said? Record it and then insert it in. Yeah. It was so bad. Like I felt like so stupid about it, but like I love what he had to say about like the content and stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna make the sacrifice. I told him about it like after the facts. He's like, I can't believe you did that, man. I'm like, dude, I want to promote like your stuff. Like, and he invited me to like a really cool party that he hosted. Felt like a little out of place because it was like a little bit more. Um, it's like some. Higher up executives of the city were there. Yeah. I'm just like this lonely guy, I'm like a teacher, like yeah. walking around, like, yeah, I really like double lock here. But. <laughs> well, I mean, again, you, it sounds like you learned something new and it was seamless the way you inserted it, yeah. and he was very grateful for it. Yeah, and people always kind of ask me too on the back end, like, do you want to do this full time? I'm like, no. So I feel like what I've learned from like sports and stuff is the more you apply stuff to like being full time, like it kind of takes the fun out of it if you don't enjoy the process. Right, so like, I have plenty of people like oh, I want to be a pro golfer, a pro basketball player like, in high school, and like the coaches would be like, you got to put in 20 hours of practice this week. They're like, well, I don't want to. You're not going to enjoy being a pro. Like I've heard what Kobe goes through, what Michael Jordan went through, like yeah. how many hours a week they were practicing. They didn't just show up on game day and make three pointers all week. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, they they put the work in. Where do you kind of see your brands going? Like right now, you're kind of at a, a launching point, right? Like you're getting momentum, things are going really well. Yeah, both of them have now um, completed a full year. So I think the idea 
for Vida Mia Cocktails, it will continue to be a creative outlet for me. Um, I'm expanding to do products, so right now it's in the form of elixirs, which sounds sexier than simple syrup, but it's basically your uh, cocktail base. Um, but I've actually been able to sell a lavender elixir to a tea house. Nice. And they make a matcha lavender latte, which is unbelievably good. Cool. Um, it's at East Hill Tea House. Okay. And that has given me a lot of confidence that at least from what I'm producing, like it is, there's a market for it. So I'm going to be adding a line. Um, and I just recently, actually two days ago, received my official city of Chicago since you do a shared kitchen. Yeah, cool. So that has been exciting because I've been working um, at a restaurant kitchen, just packaging. Yeah. So this shared kitchen will be official and allow me to scale, which, again, it's, it's, it's great because I want to offer it on my website, but it'll be ready for the holidays, which is high demand time, yeah. which I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, and experiential events. So Viva Mia will continue to do experiential events. The next one I have is for Day of the Dead. So celebrating that um, tradition through a brunch. Awesome. I had my first brunch last year with Cactus Con Comadres. And so I want to do it again together. Um, for that event, are people dressed up in costume or no? So Dia de los Muertos um, was a brunch. And last year was about bringing a picture of your loved ones okay. that um, have passed. Yeah. So that you can celebrate their memory. Yeah. This year would be a great way to incorporate a costume. I didn't do that last year, but that's actually a really great idea. If I go, I'm going to wear the James Bond one when he's in the, the beginning of the opening scene of which movie is Is he it? wearing a skeleton now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that are like Karate Kid when they're like dressed in skeleton and they were bullies, but whatever. But yes, that's actually a really great idea. Um, I also want to do a, again, this is part of my brand. So what's happened in a year is colliding, which has been very fascinating, Agreed. because I don't need to compartmentalize as much as I thought, because my full-time is very supportive of these outlets, because it's a, it's a great way to create community. So my worlds will collide. I'm trying to do an art and social change event that drives voter registration. Awesome. In, um, cross my fingers, October, if I could pull it off. Yeah. But the idea is that you would feature muralists from city of Chicago from yep. different neighborhoods and talk about art and social change specifically and not only talking about gentrification but what do these murals mean in the neighborhoods that they're in for the people that live That's there. And at the end of the story, I want that to bring people in to be excited about voting um, and feel like like our voices matter locally as well as nationally. Yeah. So that is what I'm planning but again, it would be a I think it's like so compartmentalized, and then literally my day job, which I started like four weeks ago, yeah. new one, they literally are telling me like 
tell people more about the craft you do on the side, man. Like that makes you who you are yeah. and what's interesting about you when you like connect with people. And I'm like, oh, like I don't just tell them like I sell software. They're like, don't tell them you like have a podcast and like all these other weird things that you do, like how you're stand-up comedy or how you're really bad at karaoke. I all made fun of you because you had like a scrape on your face on Monday morning after singing Sunday night. Like That's funny. people connect to that. Yeah. Like you were super ugly to look at. We wanted to interrupt your video, but like Yeah, I feel like we live more in a world where like jobs aren't as uptight and they wanna they want they encourage you to bring your full self. Yeah. That's I think the beauty that our generation is experiencing and but we didn't always experience that. I will say that that has been very like new. Yeah. It hasn't been something even just as a young associate that you're very uptight because you're trying to build credibility. But I think more companies are more open to like learning more about like who you are as a person because that will influence the quality of work that you produce. So how do you keep yourself like humble? How do you not get caught in the mentality of like, oh, I'm going to become Instagram famous, or I'm a, I launched it's a company, parents. so like, now I'm, you know, I've been doing this a year, like, where's my paycheck? Like. No, I think ultimately, like, I started this when I was sitting in New Year's Eve writing a business plan. My wow. sentence was, this is an ode to my family, my roots. Cool. Like, this is an ode to what I learned as a kid from them. To have a build a platform and have that liberty to do that, but at the end of the day, when I go home on Sunday to have dinner at my mom's, like they are one of the most kindest, like humbling Mexican parents you'll ever meet. Yeah. And to know their story and how they came here in the 70s and the discrimination that they like got through and how much they basically like push through to get us to where we are, like yeah. it's very humbling. Makes all sense to me. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with before we sign off? I would say that if there's anyone listening to our story and are inspired by it, that I would leave you a message of if you do feel something in your heart, pursue it. And it can be as quirky as wanting to make drinks to make people smile. Um, but there's a market for it and maybe a podcast for it. So just do it. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. <laughs> at Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. 
That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.